Welcome to another edition of the Metaverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 19. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today on the Maniverse Podcast, we explore a nerd dynasty to quote our guest. Eric Bigglestone, the man with an awesome last name, comes onto the show to talk about his store, Games of Berkeley. Eric's family has been involved in the games industry practically as long as the industry has existed. Games of Berkeley is in its 35th year of operation, and with Eric as the managing owner of the store, is on track to post double-digit growth two years in a row. This episode explores the topics of family, geek culture, conventions, and Eric's philosophies on business and life. It helps that Eric has the voice of a radio announcer, too, because frankly, I'm jealous. But I'll let Eric take it away from here, and you guys can listen for yourself. All right, well, my name is Eric Bigglestone. I am the um, managing owner of Games of Berkeley in Berkeley, California. Uh, We just had our 35th anniversary uh, celebration just last week. Uh, Very nice. uh, yeah, we've been we've been in the same two block radius of downtown Berkeley for the entire time, and and uh, it was a pretty good uh, pretty good week. Okay, so uh, what about you? How did you get into the games business? Well, I was kind of born into it. Um, my parents, uh, Janet and Clint, were. Um, uh, they were. Uh, I guess they probably got into. Uh, into gaming through their hippie roots, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they were part of the um, part of the community here in the Bay Area uh, that included um, founders of the uh, Society for, Cre- for Creative Anachronism. Um, they were at the very first party that you know, caused that organization to be grown uh, right here in Berkeley, California. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the SCA. No idea. So oh, if you so could explain that, that would be great. <laughs> so the uh, SCA is uh, comprised of people who um, get dressed up in medieval uh, outfits. Uh, kind of, they kind of do a uh, a bit of a uh, recreation of medieval life, um, complete with uh, complete with well, cooking and and sewing and heraldry and fighting and so they get uh, dressed up in armor and they have uh, swords that are uh, swords and and other weapons that are made of uh, typically um, uh, typically uh, a a a hard uh, core like uh, like wood uh, and then uh, it's wrapped minimally for safety Mm -hmm. Um, but as I said, they're all in armor, so they uh, they they really go to town on each other. And and I haven't been part of the SCA since I was a kid, so I'm not doing it justice really by uh, trying to describe it. But that's kind of how I remember it from way back when in the uh, in the 70s. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, my father, Clint, um, co-founded 
Dundracon, which is a uh, gaming convention here in the Bay Area that's been going for, uh, I think it's going to be the 40th year next year. Uh, it's one of the oldest you know, organized gaming conventions uh, in the country, if not in the world. Wow. Uh, my uh, mother worked for a game distribution company called Armageddon uh, back in the uh, 70s and early 80s. Uh, my stepfather uh, worked for this store, Games of Berkeley, when it was founded uh, in 1980 uh, by the gentleman who now owns and operates Chessex Dice. Okay, cool. Uh, this goes way back. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, uh, Don Rents, he, uh, he then uh, ended up purchasing Armageddon and uh, renaming it Berkeley Game Distributors. Um, took my stepfather with him over there where he met my, uh, my mom. And after a few years, Don sold Berkeley Game Distributors to my folks. And uh, over, I guess it was about 10 years, maybe 11 years time, they became the largest uh, game distributor west of the Mississippi. Um, by the time they sold that business, they uh, they had two warehouses and I think a couple of uh, couple of uh, retail stores and a kiosk in a mall. Um, and in the meantime, this store, Games of Berkeley, had been bought by a uh, by another corporation, uh, which had several stores in malls as well as this one here, which is not in a mall. Um, and then uh, when my folks decided that. Uh, Having sold the distribution company and retired, when they decided a few years later that retirement didn't suit them, they purchased this store from that corporation, which was shutting down at that time, and uh, uh, and they operated it for another 11 years until they decided, okay, really, really, we really want to retire this time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my sister and I decided we were going to uh, we were going to go ahead and and get into the family business and. So uh, she and I purchased majority shares, uh, and I now manage the place. Uh, my sister is, is more of a uh, silent partner. She's actually a um, senior account manager for Image Comics, uh, which, has its, um, which has its offices about a block from here. Very interesting. It's, it's neat that your like, whole family is somehow... Have have history with games or the games business? Yeah, uh, like everybody. Yeah, it's 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 really kind of an, in, an unusual thing mm-hmm. um, to have so many kind of uh, wide-reaching in, interests in this kind of well, in kind of geek culture, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, we're, we were heavily involved in the Renaissance fairs uh, here in uh, Northern California um, for many years. Um, the uh, Great Dickens Christmas Fair, which is a uh, reenactment of Charles Dickens' London, that takes place here in uh, here in the Bay Area every uh, every holiday season. And um, my mom and I are uh, both involved in that in one way or another. Um, and uh, and I, I also produce um, science fiction conventions. Uh, I have one coming up in October called Convolution, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, that that right now is uh aside from the store and family 
that convention is is my uh, is my next uh, overwhelming <laughs> over overwhelming uh, uh, sink of my uh, of my time and energy. Mm, sounds uh, sounds tough. What's uh, what goes into that? Oh uh, well. So I decided to be chairman this year. I mean, I I, I had to uh, bid on being chairman, which meant that I had to uh, I had to present a theme and some proposed guests. Uh, there were quite a few things that had to go into it. Uh, I had to even talk about, well, I, this is the kind of marketing I'd like to do. This is the kind of font that I want to use as our official font. Things of that nature. Um, you know, talk about what uh, what I was going to do to uh, draw new members, things like that, um, and that whole process took place two years ago. So now um, we're coming up, as I said, uh, in October on uh, this convention that I've been working on, and I've had a huge amount of help from. Oh, a bunch of friends and volunteers, and I couldn't do it without them. Um, but it, like I said, it's called Convolution. Uh, we pick a different theme each year. Uh, the theme this year is the Legion of Fandom, which is essentially we're doing a, a United Nations of Fandom, celebrating the different passions that people have. Uh, so we have a, a, a pretty wide variety of guests from across uh geek culture. It's a small venture, so we don't have you know, gigantic media names. You know, you don't see mm. uh, you don't see uh, you know movie stars or, or anything like that. But authors and uh, and uh, performers and artists uh, from all all sorts of walks of life. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm not especially good at talking about it. I'm not very good at uh, at, at selling my own endeavor. Uh, <laughs> so why is that? Uh, um, I'm not entirely certain. You know, I I I have never been a great salesperson personally. Um, you know, I am. I I've been pretty good at at telling other people what I want them to do. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it is a lot of it is uh, perception. Um, you know, the main thing that I always have to you know, that that I always feel like I need to impress upon people is so there is the reality of a situation, and then there is the perception of that situation. And very often, the perception is what people will focus on. Um, and so, uh, you need to. You need to address the perception first before you can, you know, before you can you know, make people wise to what the reality is, um, and that's, you know, that's that's kind of how it is with customer service. Um, you know, here at the store, I'm, I should warn you, I'm probably going to bounce all over the place. That's when totally fine. <laughs> the tangents work very well for this. Um, I may jump back and forth too for questions because there's a few things that we left behind, but keep going. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, one of the one of the very first things that I did when I came here to Games of Berkeley was I I looked at some of the I looked at some of the perceptions that people had of our store and of our 
customer service, of our product, and had to talk with employees about, okay, well, this is what people think of us. It isn't necessarily what we're really like, but this is what people think of us, and these are the, some of the things that we need to do to address those those thoughts and address those views. Um, For example, like what did uh, people think of your store when you first became majority shareholder? So what to be perfect, to so to be to be one hundred percent frank, um, over the years, our store had built up kind of a reputation as. Uh, Games of Berkeley is the place that you go to get anything. If if you want it, Games of Berkeley will have it. But it's also the store that you only go to after you've tried everywhere else. Hmm. Um, there was this kind of perception of our of some of our employees as kind of aloof or um not necessarily the most polite it's that kind of stereotypical that that kind of comic book guy stereotype yeah the guy who runs the store but doesn't want any customers in it right um and uh, in a couple of cases uh there was some justification to that but for the most part it was um for the most part it was more a passion about the uh, product than it was about um, providing the product. Uh, people, you know, some of our employees were were extremely interested in the things that we sold, uh, sometimes to the exclusion of selling them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that was the main issue at the time. Um, there was also just some. There were some things that uh, uh, we had just kind of let go over the years. Um, you know, there were there were maintenance issues uh, here in the store that needed to be addressed. Um, you know, we've had the same carpet for oh gosh, eighteen years, and uh, and there were some issues with that. Uh, that's you know <laughs> needs to get replaced. We had some um, things like. Oh, just the signs outside are falling apart. Things of that nature. Um, okay. So, uh, how did you deal with the perception that people had of your store that this was the last place they necessarily wanted to stop in? Like, what, what was your solution for that? Well, uh, to some extent, it took um, just sitting down one on one with employees, um, you know, talking about. Uh, uh, Okay, so this is the kind of um, this is the kind of comments I'm getting. Uh, sometimes about that employee specifically. Sometimes about just the store in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I kind of Im- impressed upon folks was um, language, not you know, not you know, cussing or, or using bad language. It was it's the kind of the kind of words that you use. Um, simple little things like um, when you are ringing someone out saying uh, would you like a bag to carry your purchases in rather than do you need a bag Um, there are subtle differences there you know when you say something when you say would you like a bag what you're doing is you're offering them something when you say do you need a bag you're challenging them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're essentially saying, "Prove to me why you need a bag." 
Now, that's kind of an extreme interpretation, but little little things like that can make big differences. Semantics sometimes actually have a big impact. Yeah, semant- semantics very often will will make a big impact. They will very often uh, make a big difference. Even if it's subconscious. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, other things uh, like um, when you first walked in the door here at the store, there were all of these uh, display cases um, right in front of you. And that kind of had the effect of oh it 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 kind of looked like a wall almost you know you walk into a store and you want to feel welcome mm-hmm. and this was kind of a a wall of uh here is some product right in front of you you can't really see what's past that product in the rest of the store uh and besides there were signs um oh, right there on the counter saying you know no food or drink uh, bags must be checked in, things of that nature. And it took just moving th- moving some of those extraneous display cases that, uh, that blocked the line of sight, and it took changing those signs. Um, we're in downtown Berkeley, and there is, um, well, I suppose with any, any location, uh, you have to be concerned about... Uh, a number of things like, you know, people bringing food in and spilling it on product or, um, or you know, coming in with a great big uh, uh, empty backpack and walking out with it totally full. Mm-hmm. Um, and so asking people to check their bags in at the, uh, at the front counter, um, <clears throat> it's, it, it has to do with the way that you do it. Um, you know, saying, uh, may I hold on to your bag for you while you shop, rather than, uh, I need you to give me your bag, you know, something like that. It, I don't think that, that it ever took on that kind of extreme, you know, us versus them note. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, it's about, it's about the perception. Yeah, I guess if a customer walked into a store and the person's like, give me a bag right now, I, I, I suspect you're going to be stealing product. I need your your bag. Yeah. Then that's kind of like, hey, you're kind of, you're. I just got here and you're already accusing me. That's yeah. not exactly the friendly atmosphere you want to you want to create, right? No, no, no. Okay. It's not. Um. <clears throat> so it was little things like that. Those were the those were the primary things that I think, um, when I first got here, needed to be addressed. Um, and this was, you know, to some extent, this was stuff that I had experience with and to some extent it was just watching what um, you know watching what was happening with the store over the years as an outsider um, because I would sometimes come in and help out with uh, I would come in and help out with uh, uh, with the store during the holidays or I would um, do something like Oh, help out with conventions when we brought our stock to a to a gaming convention, things of that nature. Um, and once in a blue moon, I would sit down with my folks and I would say, "Okay, look these these are the some of the things that I'm seeing. These are some of the things that I think you're not seeing." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these are some of the things that I would change 
if I had the opportunity. And then, you know, <laughs> a few years later, um, I ended up having the opportunity. So I started out with those things first, those things that I had observed over the years. Good strategy. So that you had a lot of experience well before you became the owner is the story. You interacted had, in a lot of ways with it beforehand, too. Yeah, and I had always positioned myself not as, you know, I had never positioned myself as, um, you know, oh, this is the son of the owner. Mm, you, know, yeah. you know, this it was never any kind of, um, oh, I need to watch what I'm saying and doing in front of this guy because he's the son of the owner and I'll get in trouble. There was never that, I, I never, you know, gave that kind of impression. Um very often these folks were very buddy buddy with me and um and I was grateful for that because at the time I I had no intention of taking over the store um it was not at all in my imagination that it was something I would ever do um hmm. but it also helped to it helped me to later on um you know, see what some of those problems were, know what the problem, what some of the problems were, and be able to address them um, in a way that was not like, um, oh, here's an outsider who's who's walking in and making all sorts of changes. Um, you know, this was it was more along the lines of, okay, we know this guy, and um, I think it was, I think it helped. Uh, uh, for the most part, to keep people from from feeling like I was attacking them or like um, they needed to be standoffish. Yeah, friendly suggestions, not necessarily a authoritative command that you need to change things. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that uh, that having those different perspectives over time, you know, being like you were, uh, you know, the son of the boss, you were. From the outside, you didn't work there, but you were still you interacted with it a lot. You were part of the part of the business for a long time. Do you think that helped you when you finally picked up picked up the reins? Would you say that's something that you would recommend? Because a lot of the point of the show is to help people build better businesses in the game business. Right. So, if, so if that experience is what helped you, do you think that's what would help others? Well, I don't know. It it kind of depends. I mean. It was kind of a double-edged sword for me because hmm. since I was not involved in the day-to-day kind of uh, operations of the business, there were a lot of things about it that I didn't know. Uh, and quite frankly, um, I didn't – I didn't – pardon me. Uh, quite frankly, I didn't and, and, and still uh, – I'll, I'll be perfectly blunt I, and still today um, don't know as much about the industry itself as I, as I feel I should. Um, again, because I was not planning on going into this business originally, um, it wasn't something that I educated myself a lot about. Okay. Um, so for instance, <laughs> uh, you, you talk about, uh, uh, freight allowances or, you know, what zone something was coming from. And those were things that I, I just had no clue about. I, di- I didn't know what what the difference was between okay zone three zone four um, 
this is how much the shipping is going to cost. Oh, here's an industry thing that everybody knows about. You know, um, here's a term that everybody uses, an abbreviation that 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 I you know always had to ask what that was or go and search it out myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the and world of business can be pretty obscure from the outside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I came. <laughs> I spent eight years in the independent uh, uh, ATM industry. Um, you know, I was operations manager for a company that put ATMs in convenience stores and and small restaurants and things like that. And so, I had a huge amount of esoteric knowledge from that that nobody else outside the industry really knew anything about or or to be perfectly honest, really cared much about. Um, and so I gather that's just kind of how it is. You know, that's, that's how it is from industry to industry. There's always going to be something that if you're not part of it, you don't understand until you're part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Specialized so, knowledge. Yeah. So even something as simple as uh, FLGS, friendly, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. friendly local game store. I, before I came and took over a friendly local game store, I had no idea what that abbreviation meant, <laughs> what that acronym was. So, uh, so there were a lot of little things like that, and there still are to some extent. Um, but one of the one of the reasons that I did uh, decide that I wanted to do this was because I knew that. I had a lot of good people who were going to be working here for me, people who had been in the industry for many years who could help me through that learning curve. Mm. Um, I mean, I have, you know, I have two assistant store managers here. One of them, Tanya, she's been with the store on and off for 20 years. Um, Steen, uh, my chief buyer, um, he has worked on and off for my folks between the store and the distribution company also for a good 20 years. Um, I've got one employee here, Brian, who uh, has worked for this store and the distribution company um, on and off ever since the store opened 35 years ago. Um, but I also have a lot of newer, younger folks who know today's product and uh, have experience you know from other places with things like you know planograms and you know brand strategies and things of that nature i mm-hmm. I am extremely fortunate uh, to have the people that I do Surrounded uh, some by of, good people eh? yeah some of I mean some of them came with the store and mm-hmm. some of them I've hired since and I think I have been for the most part, extraordinarily lucky in uh, in the folks that I have working for me. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you to describe your store. But first I want to ask a few questions that we, you know, progressed past that I want to jump back to. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you said that the, I guess the first one was you didn't plan on picking up the store. You were never really, that was not ever part of your, your future initially. Why did That's you, correct. like if you didn't, you never really desired doesn't necessarily go into it. Why did you? Why did you do it? Well, so I, um, I, so I was a gamer for a while. I played D anD D. I played Champions. Um, I played Teenagers from Outer Space. Uh, some uh, a little bit of Call of Cthulhu. Some Top Secret. 
Um, but, uh, you know, and I worked, as I said, I did little bits of work here and there for my folks over the years. Uh, I worked in their warehouse uh, one summer back in the 90s. Um, but uh, the business itself never really uh, appealed to me because I was, you know, I had tried being a retail salesperson and I just felt like it didn't fit my personality. Um, but uh, in that same amount of time where I was doing other things, like working for this ATM company, um I was also volunteering for conventions. Um, well, there was one here in the there, there, uh, there's one here in the uh, Bay Area called Baycon. Happens on Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's you know again one of the very you know one of the long running uh, small conve- small local conventions. And I learned that I really enjoyed the community more than the product itself. Um, I found myself drawn to the people who attended the conventions and who volunteered for the conventions um, much more than I did you know, the the books that people were reading or the shows that people were watching. Um, and so, uh, and and then you know that followed through to you know my other convention, Convolution. Uh, which we started about four years ago, um, it, it was that same thing. It was, I really enjoyed this community. I really like these people who enjoy going to these conventions, and that's who I want to do this for. I want to, uh, I want to give them a convention because I enjoy seeing them be able to gather together with people with, with, uh, with the same kind of interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when my folks decided that they were going to retire, you know, there was kind of a choice between, well, either my sister and I could could take over the, the store from them or there were a couple of other people who might be interested in buying the store. And at the time, I was out of work. Uh, I was going to school um, – you know, going to school for uh, for engineering, um, but it was really slow. I wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't going to get a degree anytime in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down and I really thought it through. And I thought, you know, the reason that I would want to do this is the same reason I do these conventions. I really like the people that we serve. I like the idea of serving a community. And and I think that I can have a I I can have a successful business and serve the community at the same time. And so uh that's really what did it for me was you know this 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 store has been around like I said it's been around for 35 years now. Um, it has, it's been this kind of gathering place for all sorts of people, uh, over that time. It has a reputation as, um, as this amazing place where you can go and find these amazing things. And that was important to me that that continue. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there are, there are, 
there are ups and downs and there are you know there are concerns about uh, you know is this business model still going to work moving forward because of things like amazon but but really it was if you know i i decided you give people give people some place that they enjoy going give people some place where they can get together and play games have an experience together um then they'll keep on coming and they'll tell friends about it and uh and you know if you make it a place that is welcoming then it'll be fine um so really it was that it was it really was the people who who come to this store and the people who could come to this store it was the people who had decided that they wanted to go elsewhere because they weren't so happy with their the experience that they'd had. You know, I decided, okay, that's a bit of a personal challenge. Let's get some of those people back. Um, when I told some of my friends who were gamers that I was thinking of taking over the store, they they you know, after they expressed the uh, the shock that. Uh, <laughs> that they had never known that I was in any way uh, associated with the store. Hmm. Um, one of the uh, one of the comments that I would get uh, occasionally was, "Well, if you're going to be running the place, then I think maybe I'll go. I'll 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 start going there again." Um, Interesting. And so that's been. That's been really satisfying, actually, is is seeing people you know, coming back in who were doubtful about uh, about uh, coming here anymore, and have become regulars again. Um, so it was really you know, born it, out of a love of the community. Yeah, yeah, it really was, and and like I said, I mean, that's you know, I told you about the theme, uh, the the theme for the convention that I'm doing this year. Um, that's that. It was the same thing. That that theme came out of that same thing. Typically, with our conventions, we do, you know, we do a theme that is based around a specific genre, like you know, science fiction or like urban fantasy or something like that. And in this case, it was my love of the fans themselves. And so, you know, I wanted to celebrate the people who. I wanted to celebrate the people who who enjoy speculative fiction, who enjoy gaming, who enjoy uh, cosplay, you know, all of that. I wanted to celebrate them and um, have them celebrate each other, and that's and so. <laughs> so that's kind of my 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 whole driving passion, really. I mean, that's been how I that's been how I how I've kind of. So I'm a performer. Um, when I'm not kind of on the spot like this uh, in a in an interview setting, I am mm-hmm. I am a performer. Um, like I said, I, I, I perform at the uh, at the Great Dickens Christmas Fair. Um, I played characters from Charles Dickens books. Um, 
most recently, I did three years as Fagin from Oliver Twist, and I would grow my beard out really long each year, and I'd put on horrible-looking makeup, and I would just be filthy and awful and disgusting and, <laughs> and you know, the, the opposite of who you would want running a store. Uh, and... Um, and I would just lay everything out there for eight hours that people were coming to the fair. And it was and it's a personal interaction thing. People come up and and you actually speak with them as the customer or, or as the character. Mm-hmm. And um and I would exhaust myself. I would be out there just I would I I would not take breaks. I would um, just be this horrible, horrible person, and it would be for these attendees, and it would be for the for the other people who who performed there. Um, you know, it was it was to help them enjoy themselves. Um, you know, I guess that's really what what this is all about for me is the conventions, the store, the fairs. You know, it's it's I like to see people have fun and I like to see people um, be you know full of wonder or full of laughter or or just be touched by something and you know one of one of one of the guys who who works for me uh, Jurgen uh, who you were uh, initially talking to I believe mm-hmm. um, you know one of the things that he impressed upon me when he came to uh, when he came to to offer his help, was um, gamers. Gaming is an experience. It's a shared experience between people. Uh, it is, you know, that's not the the game itself is not necessarily the most important thing. It's the experience that the people playing it are going to have. Um, my stepfather actually put it in a way that was that was even more that that made it even more clear for me. Um, he said, uh, "Chess, backgammon, uh, games like that; those are about winning or losing. Um, those are very specifically win or lose. But you know, adventure board games, role playing games, things like that; those are about the experience." You know, there is mm-hmm. yes, there is often going to be a winner and a loser, or multiple losers, but it's all about, you know, it's all about the journey. It's all about what you're doing while you're playing. And you know, I, I I've been, I'll occasionally just kind of go into one of our game rooms and I'll watch people play their games, and and I really enjoy that i really enjoy seeing these people interacting and laughing and 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 making fun of each other or you know whatever it is that they do while they're playing that's a pretty good motivation i would say and i I definitely know what you mean too because i have that same kind of experience when i ran a store and i organized magic tournaments as much as i like to play the game I also really enjoyed helping other people enjoy the game, which is yeah strange. I almost enjoyed that more. Well, I think that's you know that's why you get the popularity. I think of things like tabletop, or you have you know YouTube videos. Like my my kids uh, watch YouTube videos of other people playing video games. Yeah. Uh, 
And it's not the ones where all you see is the game itself and you hear the sounds from the game. It's the, it's, it's the ones where the people who are playing are commenting on it. They are you know, talking about the experience they're having. They are, you know, especially ones where there are more than one person playing. Um, and, and they are, you know, exclaiming about, oh, there's this shocking thing that just happened, or they are, you know, trash talking each other or whatever. It's, it's less about the game than it is about the experience of playing the game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just as a a guess, when you were a role player, were you the dungeon master? I only ran a couple of games, actually. Um, there was... Let's see. When I was in high school, I ran a, a game um, in my drama club's uh, classroom. Uh, we would do that at lunchtime. And um, it was mostly inexperienced players. Um, and, you know, you think about it now. You think about it years later, and it's like, okay, well, this is great training for, for theater, right? Of course. It's great training for, for improv and, and characterization and such. But mostly at that time, it was just, you know, here's a fun thing we can do during lunchtime. Um, and then for my, for my high school graduation party... Um, I ran a game of Teenagers from Outer Space uh, that was I, – I based the uh, the shopping mall that the characters had to go through um, on the local shopping mall that, that all of the you know high schoolers would hang out at. Um, and uh, – but otherwise, no. I was, I was much more about playing. Um, and – I would actually, you know, really get into the characterization because if you're if you're a role player, you know, if you're playing a role, then you got to do what's what's appropriate for that character, right? Of course. Um, so, for instance, there was you know, there was a Call of Cthulhu campaign that I that I was part of that was supposed to have gone on for like you know it was supposed to be a weekly thing for a good uh, month or month and a half. And my character ended it on the very first night um, okay. because of the character that I played. He was a he was a a hot headed uh, German silent movie actor, and at one point he got really really angry, uh, uh, called out the you know the group's benefactor, and uh, she and it was too much, and uh, the the DM just said okay well uh you've made the benefactor upset uh she has paid you for your time and you're done <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> good game everybody <laughs> and that was just a single session that was a single like 2 hour session and 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 it was done and i don't know if that was you know is that is that bad you know, game mastering is that, you know, I should have been more flexible as the character. You know, I don't know what it is. But, um, no, I, 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 I'd much rather, I would much rather play than, than organize a game like that. Hmm. I really would. You know, by the same token, I would much rather perform than direct. Seems fair. No, I, yeah. get, I get that. It's just, that's my personal experience. I'm almost always, when I do... Like I've played D and D a 
handful of times with my friends, but I'm almost always the dungeon master because I always prefer to be the host. Yeah. Like, kind of like, I like uh, curating the experience, you know. No, that makes sense. You know, it, I I get that. I, I I absolutely get it uh, when people are are you know are on that side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some people it's about control. For some people it's about um, you know watching what happens. Um, for some people it's about storytelling. You know, yeah. uh, and now I. I uh, one, as a matter of fact, my guy, uh, my my chief buyer, Steen, uh, has been running a D and D game here every Wednesday uh, for I think it's four years now, six years, maybe that long. It's uh, you know he he is a storyteller, and you know I sometimes will just sit in my office and I can hear them playing, and uh, and everybody's having a great time. They really are. And and you know I I appreciate that he can give them that kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the part that I love. And really, I mean, here at the store, you know, I am I'm okay with the the day to day, you know, sitting in my office, placing my orders, looking at numbers, all of that type of thing. But I am I am much happier in those brief moments when I go out on the floor and I help someone. You know, I am much, I am much, uh, I am much better in my interactions when I am, you know, dealing one on one with a customer. When I am, you know, helping them pick out a golf disc. When I am helping them, you know, choose a game that they're going to play. Um, you know, mm-hmm. even though I am not the most knowledgeable, even though I I don't have the, um, you know, as much knowledge as as frankly any other of my employees you know i am i will i will make suggestions and i will ask questions and you know sometimes i will steer people to games that i really enjoy um you know we have this system here at the store we have these stickers that we put on 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 the games uh, that say recommended by and then the uh, the employees are encouraged to uh, put their name down and put those stickers on on two or three of the games that they that they really really enjoy. I like that. And uh, and so that's you know I have a few I have a few out there that I you know that I have that on you know and and they are not necessarily the same kinds that uh, that the other employees would choose. You know mine tend to be more oh kids games party games things like that. Um, and they all have, you know, role-playing games. They have adventure board games. Um, and I think it makes for a good mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because we, we're, we're a full-line game store. Uh, we're about 3,500 square feet, uh, of retail floor. Um. It's a good size. Yeah, it's, it's. Again, this is this is another situation where I am I am lucky uh, that I had an established business that has had time to grow and mature. Um, you know that I had this to buy into rather than trying to start out afresh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's about thirty five hundred square feet. We have um, things in in pretty well. You know, pretty well delineated sections. Um, 
we have you know about one quarter of the store is uh, adventure board games that are broken up into categories like um, cooperatives. Uh, there's some that we call new classics like Twilight Struggle and Catan and things like that. Um, there's a, a historical and political games section. There's a big RPG section, uh, miniatures, uh, traditional games uh, like chess, backgammon, go. Um, we have uh, a big section that we call our dorm section, which is you know very small, easy to easy to carry uh, games. Uh, primarily, you know, two player card games, things like that. Um, there's the party games section. There's the kids games section. We have an outdoor section with. Um, Nerf guns and kites and golf discs. We have darts. We have table tennis uh, supplies. Um, we have a bunch of non-game stuff that uh, that over the years my mom brought in that uh, that has done very well. A lot of plush, a lot of you know, novelty items from you know things like Archie McPhee. Um, so it's it's a big, wide-ranging store. Um, so then we also have a uh, we have uh, four different game rooms, uh, one upstairs uh, and three downstairs. Uh, we only just recently named all of them. Uh, one of the, one of the things that Jorgen did for us was he 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 mapped everything out, made it look like a uh, like a D and D map, um, and we gave names to all of the rooms. Um, we even have a bank vault because this used to be a savings and loan. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> and it's something that we had never really taken adv- advantage of over the years as as a a marketing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're you know we're we're working on making more use of that as a as a benefit. The whole downstairs area is probably about another three thousand square feet. It's uh, it also includes our our deep um, our our you know big inventory that we keep. Um, and it extends out under the sidewalk in front of the of the store. It actually, uh, uh, from what I understand, the front wall uh, on the other side of that wall is the um, the BART station, the Bay Area Rapid Transit station. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a huge space. It is a huge space, and as I said, we have a huge inventory that we keep. Um, which I am finding, you know, as I th- do things like go to the Gamma Show, um, I am finding is uh, unusual in the industry. How so? Um, for the most part, um, what I am, what I hear about is people who get um, shipments of, you know, who get shipments of their, you know, of of their games. Um, maybe a little bit more frequently than we do, um, so that they can have a higher turn rate, um, and they ha- and they tend to have um, smaller stock areas uh, and have most of their product out on the floor. Um, with us, I mean, we, you know, just as an example, uh, when the when the game Caverna came out. Um, 
you know, we looked at the history of games like that. We looked at the reviews it was getting, uh, and we took a risk and bought, I think it was 72 copies of it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and and put it and 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 put it downstairs and it hasn't sold quite as well as as we were hoping but it also meant that you know as it was uh not available uh in some cases um we still had it you know as as quantities ran out at um uh at uh distributors um we were able to say, okay, well, we still have this in stock, and and we've been able to do that with some, uh, with with quite a few games. Um, it also means that you know, we don't have to tell people uh, nearly as often. No, unfortunately, we don't have that right now. Can you come back in a couple of days? Um, usually, we have. If if you come in, we have just about anything that you are are looking for. Anything that isn't out of print necessarily anyway mm-hmm. like nobody ever has Sherlock Holmes consulting detective that just you can't keep that in stock it sells out as soon as it's as soon as it's in and uh, then you gotta wait for another print run why uh, if, that's a, if that's the thing that happens why don't they just print more I'm not entirely certain um that's one of those things you know that, that's one of those questions where i don't yet know enough about the industry and the and the who's and the why's to be able to answer that hmm. um what you if know, it's I'm, deliberate? I'm, it could be um i mean it's been one of the most it it it's been a popular game for decades now um and maybe that's it maybe just limited supply helps keep it in in you know, keeps people interested in it. Yeah. Keeps demand high. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so... I've got a... kind of a, a different sort of question. But sure. just, uh... Is there something that you know now that uh, if you could go back in time, say, like, ten years and tell your younger self, what is the, what would you tell them? What would you tell yourself about life ten years from now? Um, something that I would tell myself about life 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, well, uh, I would say that, um, this might sound, this might actually sound a little, uh, uh, facetious, but, uh, but I'll be perfectly honest. It has nothing to do with the store. That's fair. It has nothing to do with conventions, um, it has, you know, nothing to do with my performing or anything. Um, uh, yeah, make sure, make sure you eat better and get exercise. Um, because I've, I have, you know, my father, my father died when he was, he wasn't even 48 yet. He was a month away from his 48th birthday. And, um, over the years I have struggled with my weight uh, and there is a history of of heart disease in my family and um you know in in the communities that i that that i am part of there is always a big debate about um you know does uh fat 
you know, equal being unfit. And, um, and I'm not one to tell anybody else, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're going to kill yourself if you, you know, don't put down that donut or, or whatever. Um, but for me personally, you know, I, I want to be, I want to be more healthy. I want to be able to, you know, I want to feel like I am not always tired. I want to be around for my kids as they grow and as I get more grandkids and, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I would have told myself 10 years ago, okay, you know, you really need to get rid of that extra weight because, you know, I hovered for a decade around 235 pounds, um, about four years ago through a, through a whirlwind of events, I, I dropped about 50 pounds in just six months. Yikes. And it slowly started creeping back. It's slowly creeping back. And I'm back up to about 220 now. And I can feel it. I can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, you know, I, I, I want to be able to run around with my kids, you know, and I can't do it as much as I used to be able to. Um, it affects my mood. It affects my, um, you know, it affects my, my ability to do my business. Um, and so that is the one thing that I would tell myself. You know, like I said, it, it may not necessarily have anything to do with the business or anything, but the, but it's, it is a life thing. Take better care of yourself, Eric. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good advice. I, I'm sure, <laughs> like, uh, not to put anyone down or anything like that but you know our community the the geek culture isn't really known for fitness that's true that's, that's true that's that's pretty important to being you know an effective happy person and if i could i think you're right if uh more people took better care of themselves i think the world would just be well at least north america would be a much happier place <laughs> Well, and like I say, you know, it isn't necessarily about, you know, whether you are, you know, perceived as being overweight or not. It's, it's, I mean, there are plenty of people who are, you know, who don't fit the, the, you know, societal idea of, oh, well, you are thin or, oh, well, you are, you are, you know, muscular. So therefore you are in great shape. You know, there are plenty of people who are, you know who don't have the the supposedly ideal body mass index who still do things like run marathons you know um mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and it, it doesn't I'm, reflect I'm not, all people either cuz like my no, friend is no. a he considers himself a powerlifter and he's considered obese by the body right. mass index and just right, doesn't exactly. and he's clearly not so like it doesn't fit everyone but there's definitely like uh, you know healthy versus overweight there's a difference yeah. So. Yeah, there's a big difference, and and something that was actually that was actually one of my goals for for the convention this year for Convolution was I wanted to address health and fitness in the uh, in the in the community in the um, in the geek culture community. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to manage to do it. I'm not sure it's going to make it into the programming this time, but uh, but. You know, it's kind of a third rail. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk yeah. with when you talk with people, it's it's a third rail because you know it is people who are who are you know say science fiction and fantasy fans. 
um, to some extent have been put down all of their lives by other people who, who don't understand you know, the, what, what it is that they're into. And some people uh, get immediately defensive when you start even bringing up the idea of, of health and fitness because they feel that you're attacking them. And um, I don't think that's – and I don't uh, – that's not my intent. You know, My intent is always I am concerned about you. I am concerned that you are enjoying your life. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to – tell you, you know, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I'm just going to tell you I'm concerned about you and am here to help if um, you are interested or need it. Um, and so that was my hope you know, with some of the programming, but it just hasn't really come together this time around. Hopefully we'll be able to address it in a, in a subsequent year. Um, yeah, I hope so too. That would be I think something very valuable that uh, people could appreciate if yeah. they don't get offended by it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely, that is the, that is the chief thing I think that I would do uh, if I could talk to myself 10 years ago. Good answer. Okay. I, I'm going to have to be uh, respectful of your time because you're to open the store fairly soon. So we're going to, well, I've still got some time if you if if you have any any additional oh, questions. I feel like I haven't really talked much about business. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I, I feel like we could probably just talk for a couple of hours, but uh, obviously we need to move on with our day too. But yeah, sure. If right. uh, well, there are definitely a few questions that you would, we've uh, sure, sure. gone Go right into. Ahead. Go right ahead. Drawing a blank. What does success look like to you? Let's just start there. Um. Well, uh, success to me is um, being able to uh, pay the bills on time, every time, uh, and still have a little uh, left over at the end of the year to uh, invest for my future and my children's future. Um, I'm not looking to get rich. Um, I mean, rich would be nice, but... um, I don't think anybody ever got into the retail store business uh, because they thought they were going to get rich. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone got into the retail gaming um, uh, business because they thought they were going to get rich. Uh, I think it's accidentally happened to a few people like the Cards Against Humanity folks. But um, <laughs> I'm sure they probably didn't think it, that it would be that popular when they first uh, published the game. But no, and 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 really, my folks were very were very fortunate that they got into the distribution business when they did because you know some things happened, you know some things some really good products hit while they were in that business. For instance, Magic, mm-hmm. um, Magic the Gathering hit. Um, for a while, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role-playing game was was big enough that they were making a fair amount of money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were a few other products that just you know it, it was good timing. It was the right place, right time kind of thing, um, and so they were able to do very well. Now, it wasn't just the products. I mean, they were also extremely good at running the business of distribution, um, and. 
you know, when they came to uh, to to when they came back to Games of Berkeley and purchased it um, twelve years ago, they you know they they took over a store that had been run by this corporation as if it were one of the other mall stores, and it was the only one that wasn't in a mall, and it's not. It's a different business. Mm-hmm. You do things differently, and what they did was they that corporation was shutting down all of their other stores. They were just shutting down the corporation altogether. My folks bought all the assets from all of the other stores and brought them all here to Games of Berkeley. And then they spent some time picking and choosing, okay, these are the things that make sense for the store. These are the things that don't make sense. Um, and they spent several years b- rebuilding the store from this kind of mall uh, um, you know this mall environment to a destination to a place where you know as i've said several times before now you know where you could go and find anything that you were looking for um nowadays um i'm trying to find kind of a happy middle ground between uh between that you can find anything here model um and um you can come here and have fun model. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, uh, the, the term that, uh, that got used at the last Gamma show, um, I, I sat in on an inventory management um, seminar for retailers. And the term that was used over and over again that absolutely described my store was museum store. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of... Uh, for the longest time, it was that kind of thing where you you would walk into a store and it felt like you know that crunchy old bookstore where you could go in and you could spend hours just browsing and finding little gems here and there and and it was you know maybe a little dingy and how in the hell did they manage to survive sitting on that much inventory mm-hmm. um, and so you know two years later. Two years after I came in, we are slowly shifting. Um, you know, we we still have that deep inventory. We still have those things that that have been out of print for a while, and have you know, we have our top shelf games, things that you know you might come in looking for if you couldn't even find it on the internet. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but we're also slowly shifting into a more modern kind of business. Um, we are doing limited online sales for the first time ever for the store. I mean, we just started that last year. Um, we are doing events outside the confines of the store itself. We have a there's a local hotel with a restaurant and bar in it that uh, we do Thursday night events at. Um, we are, you know, paying much more attention to community events. We're we've we've we're really paying attention to branding ourselves to to marketing ourselves. You know, more so than just. You know, having an ad in the yellow pages, and you know, once in a while, putting something in the local newspaper. Um, it's it's kind of a modernization scheme, um, while still having that 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 wide selection. Um, 
so we're trying to find that that happy middle ground between being totally modern and being um you know and being uh you know a, a great place to come and just browse sounds like a good goal constant evolution trying to keep up with what people want seems like a something you should be striving for i sure hope it is a good goal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so far it's working out pretty well i mean our sales are 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 up um last year's last year we were up about 10 and a half percent um over the previous year very nice um this year there was a bit of a slump in the first quarter but it's picking up again um so we're at about five and a half percent above um but uh uh you know, more people are noticing us. More people are are paying attention to us. We are being mentioned much more by by folks in the community on social media, and we have more people coming in and saying, "Hey, you know, my friend told me about your store." Um, we are we are noticing it a lot more. Good. Uh, um, Sounds like it's paying off. I think so. It's it's again, it's slow, and you have to you have to of course keep up with the promise of what you're doing like you can't just have a new logo and say we have new owners and everything's changed and then everything inside the store look exactly the same mm-hmm. um so you know it's it's slow going it's it's being careful about the kinds of things that you that you do um the kinds of things that you spend money on the people that you are um you know, seeking out for help getting the the message out. Um, you know, I I, I <laughs> in the past month and a half, I have had um, I've had phone calls or in person meetings from uh, four different newspapers, um, three different uh, web based. Um, you know, uh, web-based uh, things like you know YP.com and Yelp and you know things like that. Uh, I had someone come in from uh, UC Berkeley wanting us to put our uh, put an ad in the daily planners that they hand out to eight thousand students at the beginning of the year. Hmm. And really, it's all about deciding. Okay, what do you think is going to be? What do you think is going to get you the best return? Um, you know, what do you think is going to get you the best, you know, the most goodwill? Um, you yeah, know. it's basically a world of infinite options at this point with the internet and the variety oh, yeah. of places that you could potentially reach customers. Choosing yeah. the ones that are going to work for you is is tough. No, absolutely, and 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 sometimes you make choices that are just purely based on I want to support these folks. Yeah. You know, I think these folks are have a great thing. Like, um, uh, I, I, I'm limiting our print advertising. Uh, I am, you know, the 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 print advertising that we're doing uh, is is very limited these days to things that are going to have lasting potential. Like, there's a, a local coupon book. You know, it it includes coupons for different uh, local businesses, and people are going to see that. You know, they're going to pick up that book, and they're going to be able to use it throughout the year, rather than okay, they picked up the latest issue of this weekly magazine, and 
they're going to you know put it in the recycling bin at the end of the week and they're never going to see that ad again mm. um you know by the same token um there is a there's a uh, there's a local publication called uh, pink spots which is um it's essentially a resource guide for the uh, LGBT community and you know that was one that I felt was very important to put a uh, an ad in, um, you know, to you know not only to to advertise ourselves to a specific audience, but also to extend um, support to that to that audience. Um, but you know, right now, of course, most of our most of our uh, efforts are are online and are. On our website, on our uh, social media. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, one of the one of the things that it was a crazy idea. Um, you know, I, th- I thought it was this crazy idea, and it worked out amazingly well. Um, we did a you know, for our very first event at this hotel that I mentioned earlier. We did a Valentine's Day game night, and. Uh, we had, and we consulted a dating coach on okay. you know, reasons why you should play games on Valentine's Day, and uh, we did a blog post on our website, uh, and that exploded. I mean, it was shared by so many different people all over the place, and. It didn't necessarily get us a huge amount more business by it being shared, but it helped raise awareness of who we are, uh, and it helped us, you know, kind of position ourselves as, you know, we've been in this business for a long time. Here is a yet another reason to think of our think of us as an authority on gaming. Um, you know, they uh, uh, very recently for our 35th anniversary, one of the things that we did was a, um, uh, I think it was uh, complete my collection, um, where we had people send us pictures and descriptions of their game collections and tell us about the, you know, what was missing. Tell us about uh, you know pieces that had had disappeared or you know broken things or a board that had gotten torn or whatever, and um, we offered to help uh, replace the things that they were you know that they were missing. Um, you know, it's it's little things like that. Um, having a uh, having a, a locally grown games section here in the Bay Area, we're lucky because we have a lot of independent designers um, right here, and we have a lot of publishers right here, and so uh, we have people coming in on uh, on on Sundays this summer. And sitting outside on tables out on the sidewalk at the same time that there is a uh, street fest um, right outside with food and music and stuff. Cool. Um, so we're able to, to, to do things like that. Um, and these are all very recent things. These are all very new, very, very untested for us. And um, at the very least, they're, they're garnering us attention and we're seeing you know people... 
you know, becoming regulars here who have been in the area for a long time who have never walked into the store. Great. That's what you want, right? Yeah. 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 I like that's a uh, part of business is constantly changing. It's a lot like survival that if you if you don't keep moving and keep changing your strategy, you will eventually stagnate and die. So Exactly. It's, it's important to keep trying new things and keep keep evolving. Yeah, and you don't have to spend huge amounts of money on something to 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 make an attempt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can do little things like, you know, because because we celebrated the 35th anniversary all week, we just did little things for our regular events during that week. You know, like uh, the the guys who were playing in the um, Star Wars LCG uh, game. You know, we just decided on that day, okay, uh, whoever wins, you also get one of the little super deformed plush Star Wars uh, dolls that we have. Um, you know, throwing in little extras like that that don't cost a huge, huge amount, but, but make people think of us, you know, fondly. Um, yeah, it's, the, it's the goodwill portion. Yeah. Um, you know, another another fortunate thing we have here is there's a local printing company that um, that has, runs a special uh, every week. Uh, they'll do five thousand postcards, full color, you know, two sided postcards um, for a hundred and nine dollars. So you can get five thousand postcards for two cents each. And you know you can hand them you can put one in every bag, you can hand them out at local events, you can do all sorts of things with them um, you know discovering that was a godsend you know because it's it's an inexpensive thing that you can do to raise awareness very nice, very nice, something you always want to be on top of. Yeah. 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 And you got to make sure to you know, you got to make sure to stay on things like you know, stay on your deadlines, stay on um, you know, if you have a website, keep it constantly updated. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to hammer people over the head with it, but you know, you got to have you got to get rid of you got to keep it fresh, you got to keep get rid of outdated information. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh you already mentioned that you're starting your online. Well, you're just getting into the online sales yeah. portion for your business. Anything else uh, exciting coming up in the near future that you're working on? Well, let's see. Um, one of those one of those uh, kind of outside uh, events that we're working on is um, we're going to appear at Caltopia for the first time. It's an annual event uh, for, uh, that takes place on campus here at UC Berkeley, uh, where they they do a big festival for incoming students and and the local community. Um, a lot of local businesses will be displaying there, and there will be you know musical performances and things like that. And they have over two days' time. They have approximately thirty-eight thousand people walk through, 
And so we're going to have a couple of tables there. We're going to be doing you know giveaways. We're going to be running demos. We're going to have a little target practice with Nerf guns. We might have the local chapter of the the five hundred first Star Wars you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, Legion uh, here and and hanging out for photo opportunities and stuff. So that's coming up in August. Um, <clears throat> Other exciting things, exciting to me anyway, are um, replacing our carpet. <laughs> Very exciting. So we'll be replacing the 18-year-old carpet with a nice polished concrete floor. Um, you know, replacing light fixtures, things like that. Those are exciting things for me. <laughs> it's funny how things like that can really get you pumped when you when you own the place. <laughs> Seriously, I can't wait for is, the new lights. It's gonna be so it great. Is, it is absolutely astounding how how those things kind of uh, uh, make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, it's other things. I mean, you know, we have we have other events coming up. As I said, we have that locally grown uh, game Sundays. Um, we have. Uh, you know, Father's Day is coming up, of course. By the time mm-hmm. this runs, obviously, Father's Day will yep. have been over. But we're going to do a, a big outdoor thing. Um, and, um, you know, my store, you know, it's, it's maybe part of the convenience of having the store is uh, I get to um, sponsor uh, the gaming at my convention. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we sponsor the, the charity... Uh, uh, we're trying to decide exactly what kind of gaming tournament we're going to do at this year's convention. Usually we do just kind of a charity casino um, because each year the convention will, will choose a charity and, and raise funds for it leading up to and at the convention itself. Usually we do a, a auction and we do a charity casino with you know blackjack and roulette and stuff like that. This year I wanted to do something different. My first idea was a charity uh, Cards Against Humanity tournament. And hmm. I don't know. I, you know, Having talked with my charity, they're not so excited about the idea because they're I a thing for why. kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they do stuff for kids, and it's not quite, quite a good mix. But um, we've had a bunch of other ideas that I think are going to work out. But, you know, I, that I, would be uh, excuse me, rather hilarious, though. Oh yeah, I'm sure the oh. the <laughs> the hijinks would be. Well, yeah, that I mean, would have been that would be a great event to uh, record. <laughs> well, part of the- my idea for it was that you know, part, one of the things that I'm focusing on with the theme Legion of Fandom is is you know how how people from from underrepresented groups are portrayed in, in um, you know in the media and in the industries themselves. Um, so for instance, uh, uh, you know, how are black people portrayed in comics? How are women portrayed and represented in video gaming? How are, you know, how are the, the, uh, disabled, uh, represented in, you know, in our television shows, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I figured, you know, a Cards Against Humanity tournament would be a good counterpoint to that. You know, <laughs> this is all about, I, I'm doing this thing that's all about uh, inclusion and about 
uh, um, learning about each other and about striving for uh, inclusion. Uh, and then let's do this horrible, horrible game. Yeah. <laughs> let's contrast that with the uh, the most – I want to say repulsive in a way. <laughs> but it certainly creates a really – like a lot of awkward situations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, it is. It is not politically correct. Yeah, it's a fun uh, juxtaposition. But we'll figure something else out in the meantime. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we we, you know, another thing that I've done is is I've increased our our you know convention business. We've we've we're now going to um, four conventions. We're selling at four conventions every year instead of two. Um, we sponsored tabletop gaming at uh, three different conventions this year. Uh, we loaned out our, our game library, uh, did prize support, uh, things of that nature. And again, that gets your name out. It gets people thinking about you. It gets people talking about you. And you know that's that's helped raise awareness about the store, and and I'm I'm looking forward to continuing to do that. It's you know you can do things like that for uh, you know reasonably little little money, um, and you know they call attention. Mm-hmm. And on the note of uh, raising awareness, since uh, this is what we're all about at this point. <laughs> Where would uh, our listeners find you? Like, if if people wanted to come and visit you in person or on your on your website, where can they find you? Sure thing. I'm going to give you uh, a couple of different websites. Um, sure. So there's gamesofberkeley.com. Uh, it's pretty simple. Berkeley is B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y. Um, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, G Plus, uh, Instagram, uh, Tumblr. Uh, we are all over the place there. Um, let's see here. The actual physical street address is 2151 Shattuck Avenue, S H A T T U C K Avenue at Center Street. If you take the uh, rapid transit here, the the BART train, uh, we are directly across the street from the downtown Berkeley BART station. Uh, we are uh, one block west of uh, the UC Berkeley campus, so if you're coming to check out the campus and maybe thinking of uh, going to school there, you can come by the store as well. Um, if you wanted to go to uh, one of our uh, out-of-the-store uh, out events, um, you could go to the Hotel Durant. Uh, you could go to um, the Albatross Pub, where we... Uh, <laughs> Uh, where we're partnering with them on their dart tournaments, um, and we're you know actively expanding into other venues as well. Um, as for my convention, that is Convolution 2015. The website is c o n dash v o l u t i o n dot com. Convolution 2015 is also on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on G plus. Um, and uh, uh, I'll be there October 2nd through 4th in Burlingame, California at the Hyatt Regency SFO. 
Um, along with our uh, special guests, Jackie Cation, who is a comedian who's been on uh, Comedy Central. She has a uh, podcast called The Dork Forest. Uh, she's been on Conan O'Brien, um, Balagan Ojitade, who is a steampunk and fantasy uh, author and filmmaker, uh, Brianna Wu, who is a video game developer uh, and activist, uh, Bonnie Gordon and Xander Generet of um, The Library Bards, um, also uh, from uh, The Quest on ABC and King of the Nerds on TBS, and Frank Wu, who is a fantasy and sci-fi artist and a Hugo Award winner. And just added um, Landry Walker, who is a uh, celebrated uh, comic book author who has written for uh, all of the major um, houses uh, and uh, various and sundry other sorts of people will be at that convention. Um but here at the store, yeah, come on in. I'm here uh, uh, weekdays, some weekends, uh, and I'm always happy to, to meet and talk with people. Very cool. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you about your business and about life in general. That was a lot of fun, too. <laughs> and, uh, well, well, I greatly appreciate the opportunity, and thank you for uh, for reaching out, Tom, and, uh, and, and accommodating my, my uh, early morning schedule. No problem. It, it's actually not so bad for me. I'm three hours ahead of you, so okay. this is it's one p.m. at this point. So it's uh, it's good. But uh, yeah, thanks and uh, good luck with everything you're doing. I, right, uh, if I'm you. ever down in that area, I'd love to drop in. Uh, I'd be hi. happy to have you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go and open your store and get your business day started. So. All right. Thanks very much, Tom. All right. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye. Do you want to run better Magic events with higher turnouts and players battling one another to stay on top of the standings week after week? Well, now you can. MTGLeaderboards.com is a system for creating and managing everything you need to run killer Magic tournaments. Create seasons, track player performance, and get your players pumped to play in your store every day of the week. Check out MTGLeaderboards.com, sign up today, and you'll get the early adopter special rate. Supercharge your Magic events with MTGLeaderboards.com. All right, I want to thank Eric for coming on the show today and talking to us. I really appreciate it, and I think he gave a great interview. I also want to thank you guys for listening to the show, because you're the reason I put this whole thing together, so thanks. And if you also want to learn more about Game Store Entrepreneurship, you know the drill at this point. You can go to manaversaga.com. That's where we talk about strategies and tactics you can use to build a bigger, better game business and create a stronger magic community. This is also, coincidentally, the home of the Maniverse podcast, so if you want to check out some of our previous episodes and uh, look into some of the past guests we've had on, it's all over there. I encourage you to check it out. There's a lot of good stuff there. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week, and as always, thanks for listening.